The reading's taken from Matthew 11, starting at verse 2. When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you find? What did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this season in which we... Uh, have the opportunity to watch and to wait. And I want to pray particularly for whatever expectations we have of you. That Jesus, in this moment, on this day, you will be who we need you to be, simply by being who you are. And would you make this word alive in our hearts and minds this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in order to kind of understand John's questioning, the kind of things that he's asking of Jesus, we need to understand where he is and why he's there. John the Baptist, who last week we were just looking at the amazing story of him preparing the way for Jesus, and then that leads to the wonderful scene of his baptism, where John the Baptist gets to be the one to baptize uh, the Son of God. Absolutely incredible. And then we fast forward here. Uh, we don't know exactly how long, but we fast forward some time, and we find that John the Baptist is in prison. I was just wondering, does anyone know what he's in prison for doing? Anyone know? No? Okay. Well, he's in prison because he spoke out against Herod's injustice and immorality. So Herod, the ruler of the time, uh, was divorcing and marrying time and time again. He just kept on divorcing women and marrying other women over and over again. And obviously, uh, John the Baptist being raised a Jew for whom knew that this was just not right and not the way to go, uh, he is speaking out against that, against Herod, and as a result is arrested for challenging the injustice and the rule of the person in charge. And he finds himself in prison. And yet, a few months before, he's been preaching about the one who will come, who will set the captives free, who will overthrow the powers and authorities, who will deal with injustice, with his perfect justice. And it's not 
what John's seeing. He himself is in prison for standing up against injustice. So why is this Messiah not doing what he thought he would do? You can totally understand why he's asking his questions in that context, can't you? I mean, we we look at John the Baptist on this side of the resurrection when we perfectly know who Jesus is. And we can look at him and say, oh, John, come on, surely you must have got it. But you can understand, sat in prison for having stood up against an injustice that he thought the Messiah would stand up against. And there he is, finding himself there, asking these very valid and understandable questions. And there is, it seems, some element of doubt in John the Baptist. And it's something, Rick and I were talking about this yesterday, it's something we see in prophets throughout the Bible, that sometimes they can have their message that they preach, they release the message that God has given them, and then seem to fall into depression afterwards. We see it with Elijah, uh, as he goes up on the mountainside, having seen God do incredible things, having spoken incredible things. Uh, We see that that with him. We see it with with Jonah, of course, this kind of deep sadness after he's preached what God's given him to preach. And now we see it again with John the Baptist. He's given what Jesus, or what the Spirit has given him to preach. He's delivered the message, this great message of great news, and then suddenly his circumstances have changed and he finds himself in chains for standing up for the very thing he hoped the Messiah would come and do. Somehow, somewhere along the lines, his expectations of the Messiah were not meeting with the reality. Somehow his expectations weren't quite right. And so he's asking these questions, but there's something really significant about what he does with that, that we really need to learn this Advent season. Because there has been teaching in the past, in the church with a capital C, that any kind of doubt is wrong and sinful. That's not true. That is not true. It is perfectly fine and reasonable to have doubts and questions and to ask and to wrestle and to do those things. If you, if you look at how Jesus engaged with people throughout his time on earth, he would be there to answer questions, often with questions, just to be slightly provocative, but also that's just how rabbis taught at the time. But also he says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to those like children, because what are children really good at doing? Asking questions. And so space for doubt in faith is really important that we give space for that. But it's what we do with that that really, really matters. Because the first thing that John doesn't do is he doesn't internalize that doubt. He doesn't just sit with that doubt, internalize it and just make it all about him and just go in on himself and just completely question everything but not let anyone know he's questioning anything. What he does is he takes that doubt and very vulnerably shares it with others. In complete vulnerability, he turns to his own disciples and says, do you know what? I'm struggling to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Can you imagine how brave he had to be to do that? The one who months before was preparing the way for the one in the wilderness is now questioning and doubting. Do you imagine how brave he had to be to turn to his own disciples and admit, I'm struggling here. Incredible bravery from John to be vulnerable with those around him and to not bottle it up inside, but to let those questions out. To say to his disciples, go and report back 
Go and ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come? Or should I expect someone else? What incredible vulnerability. There needs to be space within the church of Christ for us to ask our questions and know it's okay to ask them without judgment from those around us. To have space for that questioning. So he does. He asks his disciples to go and ask Jesus these questions. And then what he does is he asks those others to help him in that discovery, in answering those questions. He gathers people around him who can help him. But more importantly, what he does is he takes that doubt to Jesus. He doesn't allow that doubt to become a wedge between them, but he takes that doubt to Jesus. Via his disciples, because he can't physically get there, he's in prison. But via his disciples, he is taking those doubts, those questions, to the source of the answers. He is taking them to Jesus. Because in this moment, it seems that John's faith is being affected by the circumstances around him. And he knows that in order for his faith to be more secure, he's got to get right to the source of that faith. And the wonderful news about Advent, the wonderful news about Christmas, is we can. He's Emmanuel, God with us. We can take those things directly to him. And where possible, where needed, we rely on the help of others to do that, but we can take those things to him. But even more remarkable than that, even more remarkable the fact that John the Baptist was brave enough to share his doubts, even though he was brave enough to ask others to help, even though he went back to the source of Jesus himself, what absolutely blows my mind in this whole incredible dialogue that we have that it's so I mean it is a familiar passage to me and I have to say that the relationship between Jesus and John the Baptist is is one of my favorite in scriptures I think it's one of the most powerful this is John the Baptist who leapt in the womb of his mother in the presence of Jesus even before they were born something significant was going on and the relationship between them is absolutely beautiful I'm sure they would have grown up together and played together as kids even and so they've grown up with this beautiful trust of each other but what's absolutely amazing about this is Jesus's response to the disciples but actually it which is incredible because he says look what you see report what you see signs are happening wonders are happening the blind are receiving sight those who are captive are being set free all these amazing things are happening you're seeing these signs and wonders the good the good news is being preached to the poor all these amazing things that I'm doing go and report to John what you see Essentially what Jesus is saying there is there's a bigger picture at hand here that John has seen. John was given a glimpse, a part of this picture, but there's a bigger picture going on. Much bigger picture. And Jesus is saying, I see that bigger picture. I know that bigger picture. John is going to be set free. He may not be set free physically, but he is going to be free. John is going to see justice, and it may not come the way that he expects it to come, but there is going to be justice, because the cross is coming. And so Jesus is saying all these wonderful things to remind the disciples, to remind all those gathered around him that there's a bigger picture. But it's what happens when the disciples walk away that I'm so blown away by. It's what Jesus says about John. I mean, just... Hear these words again. What did you go out to see in the wilderness? A man dressed in fine clothes? 
No, those who wear clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, and I tell you, more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And if that's not good enough, Jesus goes on to say, I tell you the truth, among those born of women, which is basically anyone in the history of time, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. That includes Moses, that includes Abraham, that includes David, that includes all those people that people look back through their Israel history and consider great people. Jesus is saying, but none have been as great as John the Baptist. Even none of them are greater than John the Baptist. This man who's sat in prison doubting whether Jesus is really who he says he is. In Jesus' eyes, there's no one greater than him. No one in the whole of history has been greater than John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was doubting Jesus, Jesus was not doubting John the Baptist at any point. No matter what doubts you may have, he does not doubt you. He does not doubt who he's made you to be, who he's called you to be. Because the greatness that, John the Baptist, that Jesus is talking about, John the Baptist here, is not a greatness on the earth, is not a greatness in the eyes of man, is not a greatness in the eyes of the people around him. It's a greatness in the kingdom. That's what Jesus sees in John the Baptist, a greatness in the kingdom that is beyond compare up to that point. How amazing is that to know that that's how Jesus sees John? Even with his questions, even with his doubts, even though John is struggling in prison, that's what Jesus sees. Not just a prophet, but greater than a prophet. Now, I find it amazing and fascinating, and I don't know why, but Jesus is saying this as John the Baptist's disciples are leaving. I have no idea how much of this they heard. I have no idea how much of this was reported back to John. But what we can be sure of is that in the eyes of the kingdom, even with his doubts and his questions, there was no one greater than him up to that point in the eyes of Jesus. Even when John the Baptist doubted Jesus, Jesus did not doubt John. If you're here this morning with your questions, and you have those questions that maybe you've even wrestled with for years, and you've never voiced because you've always felt that I should probably know this by now and I don't. Or maybe I shouldn't be struggling with this because I've been a Christian for so long and the people around me don't seem to be struggling with these things. Look at what John the Baptist does here. He is vulnerable and he shares with those around him the questions that he has. And I don't see any judgment from his disciples in that moment. They do exactly what he's asked them to do. I don't see any judgment in Jesus in that moment. What I see is Jesus saying, just go and tell him what you see. There's a bigger picture at play. But what you see from Jesus is honour. So much honour for who John is in the kingdom. Even with his doubts, even with his questioning, 
even with his uncertainty and his sorrow and his pain and his grief and all the things he's feeling at the moment in prison, he's still great in the kingdom. And so, brothers and sisters, are you. Every one of you. Every one of you is great in the kingdom. Whatever doubts and questions and uncertainties you carry, because of Jesus, you are great in the kingdom. Because what happened at the cross is the great exchange. Our sinfulness, our brokenness for his righteousness. So when he looks on you, he sees righteousness. And that doesn't change if you doubt it. That doesn't change if you question it or him or question anything about him. He still sees righteousness. He still sees greatness because he doesn't look with the eyes of the world. He looks with the eyes of the kingdom. And he never doubts you. Never has and never will. You are his and he is yours. And nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Not even your doubts. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So learn from John this Advent. If you have questions, ask them. If you have doubts, air them. Share them vulnerably with those around you. Ask them to help where you need help to get the answers that you've been craving for so long. But take it with them to the source that is Jesus and allow him to speak life over you. Because that's what he longs to do. Speak life into who you are in the kingdom. Because you are precious. You are the one he rejoices over with singing. You are the one he loves. You are the one he came for in the first place. Even if you were the only person in the world, he still would have come for you. And I know it's a cliche, but there's nothing you can do to make God love you less than he already does. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you more than he already does. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And in you, he sees greatness. Because in you, he sees Jesus. When he looks at you, he sees you, but he sees Jesus. And if you don't believe he sees greatness in you, then you don't believe he sees Christ in you. And maybe that's a doubt you need to deal with and take to him. Because when he sees you, he sees Jesus. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Emmanuel, God not only with us, but by his spirit, God in us. I'm saying all these verses here that you know as truth. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in you. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. These are all the truths you know. 
And no matter how much you may doubt them, through the circumstances and difficulties and challenges of life, which we all face, he does not doubt you. He doesn't. And he never will. Because you are his. And he paid the price for you to be his. And nothing can separate you from his love. So may we learn from John. When we have doubts to know it's okay to have them. May we be bold enough and brave enough to voice them, to share them. May we find others around us who can help us in getting the answers we need and help us take it to Jesus. And as we do, may we hear life spoken over us by him who sees you as precious and valuable and righteous.